Welcome to Concafe for the 8th day of November, year of our Lord, 2022. I hope you had a great day, made uh, wonderful blessings on Monday, and as we start this terrific Tuesday, that you're ready to get at it. Or is it get after it? Whatever it is, do your part. Do your part. That's the name of the devotional, and it's based on Paul's second letter to the Thessalonians, chapter 3, verses 6 to 13. And we're hearing this version in the message version of the Bible. Do your part. And I hope this speaks to us, because sometimes we're not where we need to be, and we need to hear that encouraging, if not correcting, word that we need from the Lord as we seek to be as faithful and as fruitful as we can be as God's disciples. So if you're ready, let's be in the spirit of worship, spirit of prayer, as we hear God speaking to us his word. Verse 6. Our orders, backed up by the Master, Jesus, are to refuse to have anything to do with those among you who are lazy and refuse to work the way we taught you. Don't permit them to freeload on the rest. We showed you how to pull your weight when we were with you, so get on with it. We didn't sit around on our hands expecting others to take care of us. In fact, we worked our fingers to the bone, up half the night moonlighting so you wouldn't be burdened with taking care of us. And it wasn't because we didn't have a right to your support. We did. We simply wanted to provide an example of diligence, hoping it would prove contagious. Don't you remember the rule we had when we lived with you? If you don't work, you don't eat. And now we're getting reports that a bunch of lazy good-for-nothings are taking advantage of you. This must not be tolerated. We command them to get to work immediately. No excuses, no arguments, and earn their own keep. Friends, don't slack off in doing your duty. This, dear friends, is the word of God for the people of God. We say thanks be to God. Well, friends, as we begin our devotional, I ask prayers for Reverend Dr. David Maldonado. He is a native of Seguin, wrote a book, in fact, called Crossing Guadalupe Street. And uh, our brother David is having heart surgery um, in Albuquerque, I believe it is today, Tuesday. So pray for David and, and Charlotte, his wife, that uh, this uh, surgery go well. So pray for David that his surgery go well. We pray for a speedy recovery and a successful surgery and that our brother may recover well. David was the president of I Love School of Theology. He was also a professor at Perkins School of Theology at SMU as a pastoral member of the Rio Grande Conference, now Rio Texas Conference. He's retired, but may God bless him and be with him uh, during these days. Also, if you have your calendars marked down the 16th of this month, 10 a.m., our brother George Sines is having that surgery uh, on his uh, cancer. And we pray that God be with him and that that recovery go as well. Lord willing. This passage reminded me that every family has at least one, at least one, every church has at least one. Every school, every organization, every friendship has at least one. Talk about any organization, any group of people, and there's at least one. 
and we're talking about those who don't do their part. They tend to gravitate toward advisor positions or management positions that require little to no work. They've, they've got a ready uh, explanation of how you should be doing your work, but they are themselves are not doing theirs. This version would say that these type of people, these ones that we identified, they're freeloaders. Word has made it to Paul that some in the church were doing little to nothing in the work of the church. Paul responds by saying that he and his team taught these church members better, teaching them to pull their own weight and not to sit around expecting others to take care of them. Quite the opposite for the team in that they worked their fingers to the bone, as he said, including being up half the night to lighten the burden of the church. The purpose of the church is to promote teamwork and winning the world for Jesus. No one can do it alone. It requires a team to complete the work. If one joins a team, they commit themselves to doing all that is required for the team to be successful. I will confess that when I tried playing high school football, I loved the games, but I hated the practices. This doesn't make sense, does it? To be good in the games, one must practice and through that process become part of the team and thus, therefore, Hopefully, you will play better in the games. Another thing I hated about practice in those days, and we're talking the old days, I was going to say good old days. Now, nothing good about the days when you had to grab a handful of salt tablets and then gobble them down and drink water. Ugh, even the memory of those salt tablets, uh, no bueno. <laughs> yes, I'm older than Gatorade. The drink that some genius invented to replace salt tablets. And where were you during those gosh awful days of salt tablets is what I wanna know. It's about time you showed up. <laughs> now serving the Lord, dear friends, is a full-time job. If you don't believe me, find your church's job description for your pastor. Most United Methodists have it set forth in the Book of Discipline, or it was. I haven't bought a new copy since retirement, but it takes a lot to serve as pastor. And every pastor needs a team praying for him or her and doing their part to serve the Lord, helping out in whatever way they can to lighten the load of the pastor. Now, every member, every member also has a lot to do in sharing his or her faith, living their faith, and telling others about their faith, trying to win disciples for Jesus. Now, Paul had discovered that not all people who call themselves believers were actually workers. What a hurt heart must have been his when he heard that some were actually freeloaders. Which brings up an interesting question. Are freeloaders born that way? Or do freeloaders learn this? Either way, there's work to be done and we should all share in doing it. Now, Paul and his traveling team members, and they varied from trip to trip, but whenever they were working, they always set the example of being people of prayer, people of service, and people that were involved in being all they could when they were with the people of the church. Now, a lot of you may know this or may not yet know this, but Paul was even trained as a tent maker. So he supported his ministry, and he alludes to that in the above passage, that he tried to lighten the load of the support of, of his being there among them. He supported his own ministry and travels 
with all that he could do or all that he could make and getting a job with local tent makers and helping them make tents and then being paid for that. And in that way, he paid his own way through whatever travel, whatever trip, whatever preaching uh, he was doing. So you now know the apostle's work ethic and his sternness for those who do less. Don't you remember the rule we had when we lived with you? And oh, is this taken out of context and abused so many times? But Paul said, you remember the rule when I was with you. If you don't work, you don't eat. In other words, don't come in when the dinner bell is sounded and sit down and expect a full plate if you've been away the whole day not helping. If you don't work, you don't eat. And now Paul says, we're getting reports that a bunch of lazy good-for-nothings are taking advantage of you. This must not be tolerated. We command them to work immediately. No excuses, no arguments. Everyone must earn their own keep. Friends, don't slack off in doing your duty. And that's a quote from the passage. Amen. Now, I always put a graphic when I can from agnesday.org. These are our little wise sheep or lamb friends. And the one is well, the ones in today graphic, it's usually the two that are always talking. And the first lamb asks the other, what about people who can't work? The other lamb says they should be cared for. This isn't about that. It's about some who are claiming a place of privilege and rejecting their daily responsibility. They were a disruption. And the first lamb replies, got it say can you spot me for lunch i'm a little short <laughs> what the apostle is is encouraging you and me and everyone who is listening is to do their fair share yes he sounds harsh and he's more like more than likely angry at the reports he's been getting about the church in thessalonica in those days he sounds like some dads who love their sons and daughters, but still there's times when they have to be a bit stern about expectations and results. I regretted the times my dad very rightly said, son, you know better than that. And I did, but I still had messed up. Paul's hope is that his disciples, those believers he had converted and won over for Jesus, would correct their, their, their actions, write their course, and come in as victors on the team that wins. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Awesome God, bless all who need to hear your loving correction about where we are and where we need to be. Guide us in faithfulness and strengthen us for faithfulness. In Christ Jesus, we pray. Amen. Dear friend, thank you for joining us. I pray you've received a blessing. If you have, share this with someone. And I pray that uh, you have a great and blessed day in the Lord. Here's your call to action. Encourage one another to ship up or shape up and do right. Receive my blessings with joy and peace. I'm Pastor Adiwadabedade. I thank God for you and I love you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Amen.